So I definitely need to talk about this because something that has been placed on my spirit, on my heart, when I'm looking at certain videos, and I haven't watched them for a while, videos where people are trying to debate their religion and their beliefs. When I was first saved, I wanted to know everything. Because I was like, I've been lied about everything. So anything and you know, anybody that was talking about God, I was like, why are they, what are they trying to argue about? Why are they still defensive about this or yada, yada, yada? It still didn't waver my faith in Jesus at all. Because <laughs> when you know him, you know the truth. But I was still curious as to a lot of the deceptions of the devil and a lot of his tactics and the effects of how people act because they're deceived just like you know i was deceived and didn't realize it they're just watching the effects of conversations or fight and it's not physically fighting it's verbiage which is way worse you can get hit in the face and okay even if you got punched really hard and you got a black eye and it's there for a couple of weeks or whatever i don't even know how long it'll stay on your face but you're gonna heal more than likely if you take care of it. You can also see the wound, but the type of manipulation that can go behind words, conversation, and conversations that are debates is dangerous. It's dangerous to both people involved when the Holy Spirit is not involved. I don't even like to call it really a debate when you're having a conversation or conversing with someone reasoning with them. I'd rather say you're reasoning with them, the scriptures, but we have to understand when we are given the reason for, we're given a defense for the reason that is found within this, which is Jesus Christ. You're not trying to convince anybody. You're not trying to change somebody's mind. That is a natural thing that the natural man of the flesh will try to do. The only one who can change hearts and change minds is Jesus Christ, not us. We preach the truth and keep it stepping. You don't need to defend the truth either. And this is something that is forgotten in many circles of people where I would watch videos where they're claiming to be Christian or street preachers. I would see some street preachers that in their fruits, you would see that they know they're not trying to change a person's mind. They're trying to reason with them and give them the truth. And then you have those who still, God's still using them, but they're still operating in a fleshly manner to try to force someone to get the truth. And again, our father is not going to deliver the truth. He's not going to deliver the truth, throwing the food, a plate of food at you. Everything that our father does is intentional. And it's also in his word, which is Jesus. Everything that he does is intentional. When we're being just as he is, we are also intentional, not just in how we walk and how we act, but in also how we speak. You know the reality of everything that's going on and you see the reality and the spiritual warfare behind how and what can happen in conversation with someone that is deceived or that does not believe in Jesus, you will be very intentional and you will know and understand. We need to be doing this at all times to sit down because the Holy Spirit needs to be speaking right now. And this is what was placed on my heart when I was watching those videos of debates, for example. A lot of times I'm watching them to sit there and not learn a lot of the ways that people are doing and saying certain things, even if they are telling the truth. And this is because I made another, made another video about this, how 
people think that they can outsmart or outwit the devil. And someone that thinks this is still deceived. To anyone who is saved in Jesus Christ, it is only through Jesus Christ that you can overcome the tactics of the devil, but it should not even, and it is not even a desire to try to outsmart and be puffed up to outsmart the devil. Like you're trying to beat the devil. You can't beat the devil. I can't beat the devil. That's not even our battle anyway. The battle is the Lord's. And Jesus already overcame the devil at the cross. So in conversation with people, when you're talking to people, and again, you're aware of the spiritual warfare, you would also be aware that someone who's coming at you or coming to you is someone that is being used in many, many ways to cause doubt and keeping other people who are around you and who are listening to you, keeping the attention from you and what you're saying when you're preaching the truth, when you're preaching about Jesus Christ. And you'll know that's the devil or any of the other demons because that's their main goal. They, they want to keep attention from the truth. They don't want people to no longer be caught in their lies because it is only through faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ that the deceitful veal that is on their eyes, the scales on their eyes can be lifted, taken off only by hearing and believing in the truth of Jesus Christ, which means they would no longer have dominion over that individual either. Because again, they know, they know that they've been overcame by Jesus Christ at the cross. They don't want other people to know that, though, because if other people know that and they believe, then that's not their territory anymore. That's the father's, which is they belong to him anyway. But I'm just saying. And so when you have these conversations with somebody of another religion, I'm noticing this with people who are either. It doesn't even matter what religion it is. It really doesn't, because every person is going to act out of the flesh in the same way, but deliver a different set of lies or even deliver the truth wrong if they're not called to do so at that time. The Holy Spirit will tell you when to speak, how to speak, and where to speak. When you take it upon yourself, even if you are saved, to go out and do something on your own accord, you're out there by yourself. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit is not with you anymore. That's not what I'm saying, because he is with you. But you're the one doing the talking. Even if you're talking about him, he's not guiding you on how to talk. He's not telling you what to say. He's not telling you, listen, listen to this person, you know, because you're not listening to him. And here's the very, very, very dangerous thing about this. Why I cannot stand, I cannot stand most forms of apologetics because this is one of those stumbling blocks that have infiltrated the body of Christ that is teaching believers and those who desire to be believers of Jesus Christ to rely on knowledge, to rely and have their faith in their own understanding and their own abilities and wits to debate knowledge. And then they pull the scriptures out like the devil. I don't think a lot of them are doing it intentionally, but the devil knows the scriptures too. And they'll say, Apologetics is reasoning, given a reason for the defense that is within you. So we have to go out and we have to learn all the lies. No, we have to understand how we can go back 
and, and defend when somebody asks this question. No, now you've added. God did not say any of that. What did he say? When you have, and this is how, this is, let me, let me calm down. This is how you notice when you look at debates, whether it's this denomination or this denomination, or Hebrew Israelite versus Christian. Anytime there's a versus, there's division. You, you catch, catch that now when you're seeing is Muslim versus Christian or this versus that. And then the flesh is just like, oh, who's going to win? It ain't even about that. So basically what I'm seeing when I see that is flesh versus flesh. Because there is no such thing as God versus Satan. He's already won. There's no competition. There's no struggle. There's no fight. Okay. There's no versus it's just God. It's just Jesus. And that's it. And the devil's just there. He still has to answer to Jesus. He still knows that he has a short time left on earth before his time, his final judgment to hell, which is destined. I mean, God made hell for the devil and the demons because he already knew they weren't going to repent. He already knew what the business was. So he set a place for them. Didn't even make that for people. But people will go there because they will follow their master. The master goes there, so so will they. But what does God say? What does he show us when he came here on earth in the form of man, in the temptation in the wilderness? What did he show us what would happen, how the serpent would approach you? If you are the son of God, if you are the son of God, first, before he even finishes, before the serpent finishes any statement or question. I don't care what you want to call it. There's doubt. There's already doubt. Now it's not saying somebody that is coming up to you and saying, if Jesus is God, then blah, blah, blah. And there, it's not saying that that person is coming up to you asking a question is, has malicious intent. They may sincerely want to know. Listen first, speak later. Because again, the father will show you. But this also shows to you that they don't know Jesus. No one that knows Jesus says, if they say, they, they know who he is. They're not saying if he is the son of God, you'll know. Peter, when Jesus says, who do you say I am? He said to the disciples, who do you say I am? What did Peter say? You are the son of the living God. What did the disciples say? They didn't say if. They, there was no doubt. There was no doubt in their mind. They knew. And he said, you are correct. And only who? Only the Father in heaven revealed this to you. No man revealed this to you. I'm going to say it again. No man revealed this to you, that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is God. So why are people out here in disobedience? They have no faith in the word of God. They think they got to put their two cents in to try to change your mind or to change your heart, to convince you with apologetic tactics or debate tactics to get you to see that Jesus is God. What does that show? God cannot be mocked. This is, this is why. Because he's the truth. Mankind mocking themselves when they think they like God. Think they can change people's mind. That's a symptom of the flesh. That's pride. Whether you're a person's in a false religion or not. When we're being sanctified in our walk with Christ, we're unlearning these ways. But these are still things that you would even see in someone who's in the body of Christ that doesn't know better yet, but they will because the father's in them. The father's the one who's showing in his Holy Spirit in them. He's showing that, hey, he's the master telling his servant how to do what? 
and you'll know that type of person versus someone who's not saved that just claims to be Christian. Because again, you'll you could you'll be like, okay, I see your good fruit. You not only just say that Jesus is the Son of God, you actually are out doing the things that Jesus calls us to do. And just like I, who may have mistakes, there are faults. They will not remain faults because he is working in us and he is faithful to finish a work that he started in us. And as we're walking with him, we even see that we're not how we used to be. But before that is that that for that specific area is no longer a habit that we even practice or remember to practice from our old ways. That's something that's still present. And that is there are tares teaching this amongst the wheat. And there are those who are still also unlearning these these ways of the natural man. While they where they putting on the mind of Christ, not even put on the mind of Christ, but they're they're letting go of the ways of the world and fighting the flesh. So this is why I really need to make this because this is is detrimental. You if you think I don't care what you call yourself, if you think you can change somebody's mind, you already failed. But then if you think you can change somebody's mind, and then that other person may be pers have been persuaded. That was not God's hand in the matter when the gospel was not preached, because I don't care how amount of truth or what truth you're telling them, even if you're telling them the truth, they're not going to be able to understand or comprehend it. Because even the father tells us that the carnal mind is enmity with God. This means opposition. It cannot please God. It cannot understand God. It needs the spirit to understand and discern spiritual things. So if you who have the Holy Spirit, because you're saved by your faith in Jesus Christ, are trying to change the mind of someone who is not even saved. You're in disobedience when you don't preach the gospel. He, he told us to preach the gospel, go out and make disciples of all nations. But the first thing you do is do what? You warn people that they need to repent of their sins and they need to believe in the name of Jesus Christ. This happens at the same time. When you believe in Jesus, you're repenting of your sins. You're repenting of your way because you can only serve one master. A lot of people try to make or add this extra stuff that you're doing a work. Okay, if you have faith, that you can repent of your sins without God, yeah, you've turned that into a work. But when you have believed in the name of Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for our sins, and then he rose from the grave on the third day, and he's now at the right hand of the Father in heaven, when you only put your faith and trust in him, in the work of God, the word of God, who is the work of God, that's not a work of yourself. That's the Father's hand. Because again, the carnal mind cannot please God. Before you're saved, you can't please God. You can't believe. The Father's the one that draws you to him. What does Jesus even say? Who is the word of God? He says that it is because when he said to the disciples and to Peter, the Father in heaven revealed this to you, that when he said that you are the son of God, no man revealed this to you. No man is capable to do that. That's also one of the reasons why he was telling the demons to shut their mouth. When the demons saw Jesus coming and they said, the son of God, this is because the father does not want anybody revealing this knowledge to mankind outside of him. Remember that the demons were out here and they're out here pretending like they're God. They want to be like the most high. The devil wants to be just like God. So they're going to act just like he does, or they're going to try to act like he does. Because again, the only thing that comes from them is the counterfeit. They don't know their place. Jesus put them back in place. Only the Father reveals that to human beings, that Jesus is the Son of God, not demons. And again, those same demons 
those same demons will be talking through people, convincing people that they can reveal that Jesus is the Son of God to man when only the Father does this. Because they know, they know they only want to cause doubt in people. They they taught the people in first person and say, if you are the if he is God, if he's the son of God, just like they just like the serpent was talking to Eve. Did God really say? But they know because when Jesus was walking, what were they doing? No, not now, Jesus. <laughs> they knew who he was. There was no doubt. They didn't doubt who he was and what he was about. And they were they were scared because they thought their time was up. Them demons jumped into a pig off a cliff. There was no doubt. If there was doubt, they wouldn't have did all that. So they know they just cause doubt. They want to cause doubt in people so that they don't know the truth. But why are people deciding to go their own way, do things their own way, thinking that their own way is what's going to work? When God already shows your way don't work anyway. And there is no other way under the sun that leads to salvation. When the serpent, or rather, well, he's still the serpent. When the devil was talking to Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, turn these rocks into bread, turn these stones to bread. And what did Jesus say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. What did he do? Did he debate him and say, I am God, I'm going to do this. You already know who I am. Nope. Remember when Moses said, what should I call you when they asked me who sent for them? What should I say when he was talking to the father in the burning bush? What did the father say? I am that I am. He said, I am. There is no explanation because the truth doesn't explain. Truth stands on his own. There's no debate, no conversation. Again, like I've said in the past, there's no suggesting. He just is. I am. Everybody else got to, they got to add their two cents in to be significant. He don't have to do that. Since Jesus is the word of God, he does not deny himself. Every temptation that was presented to Christ, what did he show us? That not only will the devil come and try to cause doubt, how do you answer someone that comes that we're who the devil is using as a vessel? You don't sit there and try to go study some theology. You don't sit there and try to outsmart or outwit another person because see what's going to end up happening. And this is what happens with a lot of people too. A lot of us, who are saved in the body of Christ that are still overcoming the fear of man are still intimidated by man. What did God say to Jeremiah when he said to Jeremiah that if he if he had allowed, if he did not go and warn the Hebrews that they needed to repent of their sins and that he was more afraid of them because he said that he was young. You know, he Jeremiah was more concerned about my age as his qualifications to go speak to these high priests and all of these people who, you know, have the law and all this other kind of stuff, these elders and, and God's like, I know who you are. <laughs> I know how old you are. But if he had allowed himself, God told him if he allowed himself to basically be intimidated by these men, that he would leave them alone. He would allow him to be embarrassed. Let me go see if I can find that scripture so I can read it to you. And this is something, and God doesn't change. This is something that still happens today. When people are going with good intent, but you're still in disobedience when you're going ahead of God and you're trying to do something that you're not ready for yet to go do, which would be, I need to debate why I believe what I believe. Well, then your foundation is not strong. 
how can you give a defense for the truth that is in you, which is Jesus, if you feel like you got to go add on to that and get some more knowledge? When you know the truth, the truth will set you free. <laughs> You're set free. You ain't trying to go and still come out with an escape plan. You're out of bondage. You're out of lies and sin. You know what's really going on. And it's scary because other people, because again, we're called by the Father. We don't save ourselves. We're, we're called on his appointed time, but many are called and few are chosen. The few that are chosen by the Father are the ones that hear the call and they answer him. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. You answer him because many you don't want to let go of this world. I was ready to let go of it. I ain't want nothing to do with it. I was sick of it. That's how you got to be. I don't need no degree. I don't even have a degree in anything. <laughs> even when I was in college and I was trying to get a degree, I was about to get a double degree too. I was going to school minoring in political science because I loved history and law. Thinking about it, I wanted to be a JAG when I wanted to go through OCS. I wanted to be a JAG or in public affairs. But since I was almost pretty much done with my major degree that I had started off with college, I was, was in graphic design, sequential illustration. I was like, okay, I'm not really learning anything for real because you're not teaching me. I'm self, I'm a self-taught artist, so I just saw it as a waste of time. So I went and was like, well, what's another thing that I like to do? Okay, I like to work out, so I'm going to go to school for kinesiology. So I had a double major and I had a minor in political science because I was going to go back to college and go ahead and go and study law because I love the law. <laughs> I love the law of God more, but I love the law. I love the truth. And the more I was studying history and the histories of other countries and stuff, I was like, oh, this is very interesting. But I didn't even get a chance to finish that. <laughs> oh, that's another story in and of itself. Because I was a junior, University of Alabama in Birmingham, in Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design online. Everything that I was doing, I was turning in my assignments. Oh, which were online, I cannot stand online. I love the digital world, but I hate doing certain things online that should be done in person. And at the end, of it, here's the thing that got me. And this was the fall semester when all this happened. It wasn't until the end of the fall where three deans of the different schools that I was going to told me they, I, had, I went up to the dean because the professors, they were tripping. They were like, no, you have incompletes. And I'm like, well, how do I incomplete? We never received your assignments for the last three, four weeks. What? So you're going to tell me now? And y'all, I was very, because I was trying to hurry and get through college. I was the type of person to 15 to 19 credit hours. I was like, I don't want to be here that long. I want to be done. Move on with my life. <laughs> so I didn't really have much of a life outside of doing a little MMA here and there. I would go to work, go to college, home, work, college, home. So for you to sit here and tell me, because I went about that party in life. I really wasn't. Because if you heard in my other podcast, I overthink. So I'm just going to be there like, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't trust you. I can't have fun. I feel safer at home. That's where I'm going to be. So I'm like, no, my assignments were turned in on time. And they were like, no, you got incompletes. I still got this all recorded too because I was so upset on one of my older laptops. I still got a video where I would record turning in my assignments because you know how we be sometimes college students. We, we fickle, wait till the last minute to turn in an assignment at midnight. It's 11.58 and over 100 people are turning in an assignment, <laughs> slowing down the server. But yeah, anyway, my point is, is that I couldn't finish. I, I requested, I don't even know the process that you go about doing to try to remediate this issue. But I, you want to talk about the last stretch of how the father just made me really hate this world. <laughs> 
all at the same time, all this was happening, I couldn't keep a job. I don't care how hard I was working. Oh, the same thing happened at Verizon. They were like, you didn't, we didn't receive your, we didn't receive some, some kind of test that I had to take for onboarding or whatever the first couple of weeks. And I did it the first day they said to do it. Cause again, I'm like, get out the way. I don't want to deal with it later. And they never received it. And because the day passed, now it was a Thursday because that specific day passed and they had not received it. That shows that you do not have the integrity to be at this job. Blah, 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 blah. So not only was they like, not getting my stuff, I was being accused of being a bum. And I'm like, oh God, I hate that. Nothing works. Nothing worked. But I'm glad it didn't. Because if it did, I'd be in occupational therapy. I would have finished my degree. Been a personal trainer on the side. Probably even started my own gym. And use that. And my, my plan was to use that money while I was furthering my education and go through OCS and TBS later and but use that money on the side to fund my little passion of drawing comics and stuff because you know I wasn't going to be no artist and just be barely making it <laughs> I don't need a lot but I, I still was like I'm not going to barely make it so that was the plan but we know man makes his plan but the Lord orders his steps nothing fell through and I know this because you remember how God says, without him, you can't be successful. But a man, a righteous man, according to him, everything that he touched will prosper. Even the king's people of high authority will be asking him, them to do things for him. Hmm. So anyway, my point is, I don't have no degree. <laughs> I would talk to people and the majority of the stuff, even when I was in college, I, I'm a self, I love to learn by myself. I, I'm self-taught about a lot of things. I'm just curious. I'm a life learner, which we all should be. Love learning, love growing, love seeing errors that we need to correct. And they would think that I have a degree just because I talk or I'm so well-spoken about the scriptures and stuff. And I'm like, you just don't understand that before I was saved, I was familiar with certain things in the scripture, but that was just from what other people or elders would tell me. But I did not do my deep dive until I was saved because I just wanted to know. So I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know more about my father. I was like, <laughs> teach me. I'm a child. I know nothing. <laughs> teach me. Our father will remind you. And he tells you this. If you have his Holy Spirit in you, when you have faith in him, when you have faith in your own word and your little head knowledge, your little fancy degree, how are you going to teach you anything? Because you already think you know something. He can, but again, God's far from the proud. So how are you going to teach you something? He don't deny himself. He's not going to go against his word. But anyway, let me see if I can go. Before I forget, I want to read that verse in Jeremiah. My baby's sleep. Everything I know came from my father. Not from me, because the the mind of man cannot understand and interpret the mind of God. So how do you think you can teach? When I'm teaching and telling people about God, my father, when I'm telling them about Jesus, <laughs> he's teaching me at the same time because he's the teacher. Where is it at? I know it's in the beginning of the book of Jeremiah. We're not even, you know, you have to go too far in because it was when the father approached him. Okay. I went right to it. Jeremiah chapter 1. And I'll just start at Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11. The verse I'm talking about is verse 17. But I want to go ahead and start a few verses up. 
Then the word of the Lord came to me asking, What do you see, Jeremiah? I replied, I see a branch of an almond tree. The Lord said to me, You have seen correctly, for I watch over my word to accomplish it. Again, the word of the Lord came to me asking, What do you see? And I replied, I see a boiling pot, its lip tilted from the north to the south. Then the Lord said to me, Disaster will be poured out from the north on all who live in the land. Indeed, I am about to summon all the clans and kingdoms of the north. This is the Lord's declaration. They will come, and each king will set up his throne at the entrance to Jerusalem's gates. They will attack all her surrounding walls and all the other cities of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments against them for all the evil they did when they abandoned me to burn incense to other gods and to worship the works of their own hands. Now get ready. Stand up and tell them everything that I command you. Do not be intimidated by them, or I will cause you to cower before them. Today, I am the one who has made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the population. They will fight against you, but never prevail over you, since I am with you to rescue you. This is the Lord's declaration. That was from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 11 through 19. Now, notice what God said to Jeremiah. He said, I made you a fortified city. Not Jeremiah's head knowledge. Not Jeremiah's understanding. Not his fancy skills and talent that many people end up wasting to try to be superior to another person. That's a competitive spirit. You know, that's, that's, that's a pride of life spirit right there. That's full of pride. Because when you really know what's going on, you're not trying to beat your brother. You're not trying to outwit or outsmart your neighbor. You desire to win him. You don't pretend. You're not trying to persuade him in a way where you got fancy speech. Oh, that's what Paul said. When he had, when he, I forgot what book that was in right now. But he was telling those, when he was writing the letters to, I don't remember which church it was, but he had said that I did not come to you with fancy speech, but instead he came to them like he was weak and untaught, just as they were. Hmm. How many people do you see like that now that would be out there in the streets doing street preaching or trying to debate? You can tell that's not their motive because what's the first thing they're trying to do? Or not maybe not the first thing, but what's one of the main things that they're doing? After they've put it on camera, just like people are out here doing these fake spell demon casting again, I'm not saying that it's not God, that God does not cast out demons and use people to do that, but he don't expose people's shame. So while everybody's out here trying to, you know, be seen, put this stuff on camera, what's another thing they're doing? I went against the Mormons. Well, I went against the Muslims. Muslims went against the Christians versus this versus that. He posted on YouTube, social media. Look what I did. Look what I did. Look how many souls I won. I, you notice that too. And then in the comment section, when I've actually had tried to warn people and say, this is not, this is not the right way about going about it because they were still full of, so full of pride because a lot of the people watching, whether they're saved or not, do not realize that they're acting just like their teacher. Because at that moment, when they're following these, again, you're following and sub 
subscribing to these channels and these people, that's your teacher. The student's going to be just like the teacher. When I'm sitting here saying, no, this is not the right way this is supposed to be done. Let somebody tell me this is not the right way that our father wants to do it. First, I'm going to be like, hmm, the way you came at me was not, I'm wrong, you're right. You said our father. So I'm going to, I'm actually going to listen. But if somebody just says you're wrong, I'm going to be like, according to my father. I'm not going to say this to them because, again, I'm not trying to debate. But in my head, I'm like, I can't be judged by man. Because when I'm preaching, when I'm talking, that's him talking. Man can't judge God. And I, I know who I'm talking about when I'm talking about my father. When I boast in the Lord, again, you don't need no fancy degree. No apologetics needed. You don't need no degree at all. Or some scientific degree on how a person's mind is. All of that is just dumb. Didn't God say to stay away from the philosophies, the man's philosophies of the world? They over here thinking they know the heart of man and they think they know how the mind works. Trying to study and they think they know what they're talking about. Instead of going to the one who made it. And at the end of the day, they're only going to be able to go off of what they observe. And since that, that means you have to walk by sight, you're not going to have the full story. You're going to get the story that the devil wants you to know because he talks to people who walk according to sight. So you're going to get things that sound good in theory. And some theories actually are close to the truth. But close to, tr close to the truth is not the same thing as the truth. There are a lot of philosophies out there that make a lot of sense and in application, they seem right, seem right, but they don't call, they don't solve the real problem that man is struggling with, which is sin, where they will be in eternity. Will their works be enough to the religions that are out here performing works? Will it be enough? Well, it's up to what God says. Well, then what was the point? What God are you serving? He ain't going to let you know until you get in front of him. Oh, I know now. I know where I'm going. He already gave us that faith and the hope in us because he's in us and he don't lie. In fact, to those who believe and don't have faith in the word of God, that's how they're purified. It's so much harder. Belief is the hardest thing that the flesh can do when it comes to the truth. Because when you walk according to the flesh, is your way or no way? No other way. So to ask a person to believe? Oh, you think that's easy? No, it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Because when you're, you're telling somebody to repent of their sins, when you're telling somebody you need to believe in Jesus alone and he's the truth, you see across the whole world that causes an uproar. Because what you're saying is everybody is wrong. Even me. Every human being is wrong. And that God is the only one that's the truth. Man is full of sin and they can't handle that. I'm wrong? No, I'm like God. I'm right. I know everything. I know good and evil. Or at least what I know, I know enough. No, no, no. You know nothing. You know nothing. You may be familiar with knowledge, but you don't know. Because wisdom is the right application of the right knowledge at the right time. You can't know how to do that without the Father. Again, going back to these, when people are here doing these debates and stuff like that. And they don't realize when they're not doing things God's way, just as how the father said, I will be with you. He said this is the same thing with Moses when he was like, I have, he was talking to, when he told Moses to go and tell the Pharaoh to let his people go. And Moses is sitting here saying, no, he basically was saying he has a speech impediment and he's not able to talk. He's the natural reaction that we would do is 
I'm not capable because they're looking at the circumstance from an outward appearance. I, a man like this, am going against Pharaoh or Jeremiah. I, a boy, I'm a child and I'm going against the whole judicial system or the whole religious organization system and government of Israel. But look at David. Moses and Jeremiah still were faithful and they were obedient to the father. But what did David do? David wasn't concerned about the outward appearance of Goliath. He knew where his strength came from. When you're saved by your faith in Jesus Christ, the same one that was speaking to Moses, the same one that was speaking to Jeremiah, he said, I make you a fortified city to go do this. Notice the father told him when to go do it. He didn't go out there doing it on his own. Because then again, you're, out, you're going ahead of God. You're out there by yourself. And then it'll be just you and the devil. You ain't going to win. Even notice, I'm going to go back. Remember, I'm going to go back where he said, specifically when we were talking about where he said, don't be intimidated by them or God will cause and allow him to cower before them. Yes. Do not be intimidated by them or I will cause you to cower before them because your, only, your strength is in the Lord. Cowardice is a symptom of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. Intimidation. That means you're intimidated by people. That's the fear of man. And intimidation and manipulation and domination, that is all witchcraft, which is the, it's like the rebellion to God. So you fear a person who is in rebellion to God, but you also claim to have Christ in you? Come on now. He's the one that gives you the strength. He's the one that causes you to speak, or he can cause you to be, be quiet. He can cause you not to be able to speak. I already read that in the other podcast when I was we were revisiting where the priest Zacharias, John the Baptist's father, his mouth was shut. He had doubt in what the angel of the Lord Gabriel said to him, that he would have a son. And his mouth was opened after he said, when the people brought him paper and, and asked what his name of his son will be, he said that he shall be called John, his mouth opened. God can cause your mouth to open or your mouth to close, but you're the one that lets him be in control. He is the one to be in control, not you. Even when I've said that when I'm, since I've been walking with my father through his word and I'm learning and I'm talking to people and, I, and I'm learning while I'm talking to people, that's him talking. Cause I'm sitting here like, whoa, I need to start recording more. And then that's when I started doing that. <laughs> Cause I have to, I have to be careful. Because there are times where I'm like, okay, I need to, when I get ready to go ahead and edit the recordings or edit any videos that I'm doing, I will catch myself watching the same video at least five or six times. Learning, eating. And I'm like, wait a minute, I gotta, I can't hold on to it. I can't. <laughs> By the time I finish watching that video, like a couple times, I could have already made these other videos. Come on now. Come on, Cornelia. Because I'm just, in, I'm, in, I'm in awe. I'm like, he, he used me to say that. How did I? Because a lot of times while I'm even speaking, and this is something that he even reminded me because I'm I, here I am with doubt and thinking. Stop thinking, Quinella. Just talk. You're thinking too much. Do. Or, or in other words, obey. Just talk. Because there are times where I would have an idea that comes to mind because I'm having so much to come into my mind. And I'm like, oh, I'm wondering how at this, I'm sitting here thinking things like, how is this going to line up with this? Or how I want it to be sequential. Like, is this going to, how's the flow? Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't sound right. I just keep talking. And then when I hear it play back again, especially all the off the script podcasts, 
that I've done done and am doing so far. I may only edit out if I couldn't get a word right because it just slipped and I had repeated myself again. And I know I do, you know, you just edit that part out where if somebody's listening, they won't understand what you're saying. But outside of that, I don't even edit it. No, not that much. I end up adding to it a lot of times. But then when I'm listening, I'm like, wow, that didn't sound so clear. And that flow from this topic to this topic wasn't so well put when I was saying it. Because I was thinking, I was over there. I was, all right, I'll be quiet. Just talk. Do. When you're being still and you know that God is God, you won't be trying to put your hand in the bucket. You won't be trying to add your two cents. You won't be trying to think, I need to do more. Because you're thinking. You're thinking. Too much thinking. You'll be doing. And in your doing, you'll be meditating on the word of God. It's not saying that you won't have thoughts in your head. I'm talking about, in the, and we're talking about in the context when you're thinking or you're overthinking. And the thinking is not on what and who God is to where you forget who he is. You'll forget his name. You forget who's the one in charge. You forget who orders our steps. You forget who he gives you examples within scripture, how he he handed the, the enemies over the one, the Israelites, when they were in war, he handed the enemies over to them. What happened that I forgot what book that was in, but what happened that one time when they went out on their own and tried to go and do, they went out to war and they wanted to go get, because they were greedy. They wanted to go out and, and conquer a specific nation and they wanted to get the spoils of war and they went ahead of God and, and they were just devoured and they came back looking broken and stuff like that. They got so big headed. They thought that them winning against their enemies was their works, their integrity. God says, no, it's not that. That's him. He caused his their enemies to be confused. Just like he said to Jeremiah, if you get intimidated by the people that I've told you to go speak to, I will cause you to cower before them. <laughs> what does he say? I'll set a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They're only our enemies so much so because just like how we were enemy to God, how they're enemy to God because they're still in rebellion and living in sin. They don't know what they do. So they're our enemy because they're still an enemy to God. Well, God is our friend, but we were once there too. They're not our enemy in the sense that this is personal when you're going on and talking to someone and preaching the gospel and telling them the truth. But again, a lot of these apologetic circles and a lot of these religious debates, I don't care what religion it claims. They are talking and acting like they're all enemies. I don't care how they claim to be humble. There's a specific group or channel that's very popular. I don't care to say their name. Some may, some people may be familiar with it, but well, there's a pat. He, he claims to be a pastor, and he goes out and preaches to Mormons. And his main focus is to talk and teach and tell Mormons about the real Jesus and the scriptures. As well as he has a very strong motive to go towards getting people to stop abortion. Are these things wrong? No. But we have to learn how to go about doing them the right way. Otherwise, when you go about doing the right thing the wrong way, bad fruit is still going to be produced. The intention, it was present. But when your intention is not present in Christ and you're not going about it God's way and Jesus' way, any other way, again, there is there really is no other way. But any other way will produce bad fruit. And so I saw this happening a lot with this specific channel. And it's very popular. I mean, I'm talking about 
the triple digits of subscribers. And people are sit sitting here saying that, you know, that he's so humble and he's so patient. And I'm just sitting here like, uh-uh, no. The spirit that I sense with him is, it seems calm, but it's no different than a person I had to recently cut off who they pretended to be calm like a monk or something like that. But they were just lying to themselves. And in the process, they were full of rage and anger. They were just pretending to be calm. And you can sense that from somebody. When you're walking in the truth, you don't even have to pretend. Your, your persona, your aura, your, your well-being will be honest as well. It won't give off, hmm, what is that? You'll be considered strange from people when that's the Holy Spirit in you. But you don't have to pretend, okay? With this whole yoga mess and lies and calming your nerves and all this kind of crap. Again, that's a false sense of spirituality. Again, how you going to... How you going to tame the flesh? God said, who can tame the tongue? How you going to tame the flesh that the devil's speaking through? And again, that goes, that brings me back to the podcast that I made about the deception of people who think they can outwit the devil. That's one of the ways that they think. They don't directly think that they can outwit the devil. But if you think that you can tame the flesh, if you think that you can go into any kind of debate or form of reasoning and reveal the truth for one you think you can reveal the truth to anybody because the father reveals the truth again he's the only one from heaven that reveals to all mankind whomever he chooses on his appointed time that jesus is the son of god but if you think you can walk around thinking you can reveal the truth you already deceived because again that's the devil telling you you can be just like god you can reveal the truth you can outwit the devil you can outwit me he don't say me you can be like you can outwit the devil just like god no, in full well, you can't. And then what ends up happening? Because a lot of people are out here trying to go study and, and figure out how they can defend their faith with knowledge, which is the opposite of faith in Jesus. I don't like to just say the word faith because just saying faith and belief, that's it. Okay, faith in what? Belief in what? So I'm going to correct myself. You think that you can get some knowledge that you got from the world, come on now, to defend the faith that the Father put in you who has all knowledge and understanding, already going the wrong way. Before you even walk up to somebody else who's caught in lies, you're, you're going about it the wrong way. May have the good intentions, but again, good initiative, bad judgment. Bad judgment equals what? Bad fruit. And that's what you'll see the end result of all these type of debates and stuff like that. And then people who are the flesh, they're, they're watching these things according to sight. They're like, oh man, this person, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't see this person. I'll smart this person. You didn't see this person one. Da, 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 da. That's what the devil wants you to focus on. You look at it with spiritual eyes. Neither one of them heard the gospel. How in the world are you going to sit here? For example, I watched, I didn't even watch the whole video, but I saw some of people. That, again, this is when I was first, I was a baby Christian because I was just trying to gather everything. I was like, nah, nah, nah. a 10 hour video. That's why I won't sit through it. <laughs> a 10 hour video. Even if I saw, sat through it in segments. 10 hour video. I think I got a few hours in. No gospel preached, but the video was based on convincing people the existence of God. And I'm just like, you trying to feed the truth? You ahead of the horse. You ahead of the horse. You trying to ride the horse, got the hands on the reins and the horse behind you. Because how can they know? If they never hear, how can they believe if they never heard the gospel? Because you got the same person that's here and trying to, their main focus, they, they're, they're, 
Not everyone that does this. I'm just saying there are many that do this though. I don't know the heart of man. We don't know the heart of man. But what my father is showing me is that there are a lot of people who they don't just use God. They don't just use him for prosperity gospel and to get money. A lot of people use him to get prestige. One of the ways of doing that. Okay, I'm going to just study. Just like people go to the scriptures to study the scriptures to find fault. They're already going in with a perverted mind, so they can't see the truth because they're already going in a mind that's being taught and talked to by the devil who's giving them lies. So the devil is already going to go in and tell them this is an opposite. This contradicts that. This is this and that. And then they come into you who know the truth. And when you know the truth, what do you do? What did Jesus say? <laughs> Keep going back to what he said. Can everybody be like, what would Jesus do? He stayed firm in the word of God and let the devil fleed. No. And these debates... The devil don't flee. He's speaking through a lot of people. They sit up there for hours. They're in communion with the devil. Eating. Literally. Communion. I'm going to keep reading. Just read this scripture a couple times in the other recordings. And I'm going to keep reading. Now. I should have it memorized by now. Where is it? I think it's in Proverbs. Give me just one second. Let me go look for it. Okay, I looked it up real quick. I found it online. It's in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 through 21. A man's belly shall be filled with the fruit of his mouth. With the increase of his lips shall he be satisfied. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. That's what happening with these debates. Someone is full of lies and deceit, and they don't know any better. They love what they're saying. They love their speech because they love their eating from the devil. They're eating his fruit. They're eating the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that leads to death. That's all lies lead to sin and death. And then here comes this other person who thinks they're full of the full of theological knowledge, whatever religion they claim to come from, and but they're not going about it God's way; they're going about it their own way, and they are they love eating. It's just like what I've said before, where a person can talk so much they love their own speech, they love hearing themselves talk, they're boasted up by their own opinions and make their opinions their idol. I'm sitting here looking at this debate going on for hours. And I'm not saying that reasonings don't happen this long, because if you are talking to somebody and they are interested in the truth and they're, they're asking questions, they're being inquisitive and they, they're, they're seeking knowledge in a way where they're desiring more, more and more about God. Cause they're, they're getting fed and they like what they're getting fed, which is the truth. I'll talk to you for days. <laughs> I've actually had that conversation with someone like that before. And then, at the time, my father was showing me that this was somebody that he was drawing to him because they were earnest. And that's, and I know that because I, I remember that's how I was. I was earnest. It was okay for me to be wrong. I didn't care about being wrong. Don't say that to these people debating. I don't care if they claim they were Christian or not. Don't say this to them people that were full of pride and they were out here debating. Out here for hours and hours on end, going back and forth. They having fun. Not only are they hearing their own voice, they know other people finna hear it because they're going to post it. They're on camera. They love hearing their own voice. And a lot of them will tell you, no, that ain't really what I'm doing because they're more focused on their intentions and thinking that their good intentions are equivalent to their works. And I'm sitting here like, no, that's bad fruit I keep seeing. And you're denying what I'm seeing, which by the time if I'm seeing it, you are already denying it in yourself. This is... Because you're denying God's way about doing this. You're getting excited when somebody's wrong. You go and study, and I fell into this trap before. You go and study all of the things that a person is going to say 
that you predict they're going to already say you're already trying to look for fault fault finding you're already trying to look for fault and you may not be trying to come in and trying to embarrass that person that may not be the motive that may be for some but they may not be the motive for all but at the same time if you're going in to just win them over so to speak and i noticed that these channels for example that do all of this the reward they've already been given the reward here on earth the praise of man a lot of what they're doing is not that's not that's not what god's going to reward because the glory is going to them this the glory is going to man's ways and how man goes about doing things how man, because man leans on understanding of man their own understanding or the understanding of other people and commentary and stuff like that at the same time you're leaning on knowledge you're not leaning on the father that's why adam and eve got separated to begin with from the father why they sinned against him they fell for the serpent's lie god what god said wasn't good enough it wasn't enough what god was giving them wasn't enough what they had to go do they had to go get some more knowledge but they went to the wrong source and that's the thing the motive of man when you look at adam and eve they went to another source if they wanted more knowledge why didn't they go to the father is it because when i've heard this with a lot of people when that when i used to ask them why won't you ask me for this i'm already no problem with giving it to you and what would they say to me because i was afraid you're gonna tell me no or i didn't or i did not want to hear no so you basically was just gonna tell me you were gonna do what you wanted to do anyway it makes me wonder if that was the case for Adam and Eve because you're with somebody who you already knew intimately, personally. And this serpent was a stranger. Why didn't you go to the father if you wanted more knowledge? If you wanted more understanding about what his command was? Instead, you got it from the serpent. And that's what people do. They go on into the serpent's territory and domain. And then they go in the world. They look at these philosophies, these teachings, these doctrines, the the theologians can barely say that word and because theology means the study of god and there is some good knowledge there but there's a lot of bad knowledge and the way that they because they have placed their faith in knowledge and 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 on their own understanding alone and not the understanding of the father and leaning and having faith on him alone they don't have a firm foundation, so they have to go into this infinite loop of always studying and always being the best and always, it's a doggy dog world mentality. Somebody's always greater than you or more stronger than you. In the fighter world, the world that God saved me from, okay, now in the, the debate or apologetic world, the strife world with words, somebody's always smarter than you, somebody maybe can outwit you, but they don't realize it's not the person, it's the devil. The devil can always outwit you when you go in with the carnal mind because he's the one talking to the flesh. You don't even realize it's him talking. The devil been sinning since the very start. He's had centuries, centuries outwitting human beings, seeing what works, what doesn't. He's been studying you and watching your tendencies and continues to do so. He sees what works and what doesn't. He sees how your eyes, because you, you think about, you know how you got a lot of people on these channels studying body language. I even feel Yuri continues to talking about him, but I just need to let people know. You watch these videos about study body language. I used to watch those. I thought they were interesting. And then the Lord called me to stop doing that because I was getting in the realm of walking by sight because even though body language does match up a lot of times with people's intentions, it doesn't all the time. And he had to remind me how when I was confused about things, when people would accuse me of something, 
our reacting, my way of reacting to things. But then at the same time, they would say, oh, because I watched this or I studied this and this told me if somebody reacts this way, then therefore this is what you're doing and this is what you really mean. And that's why body language, even in the criminal justice system, is taken with a grain of salt, but it is something that is studied. But at the same time, you're walking by sight. But the point I'm saying is that with body language, the serpent is watching. The devil's watching. The demons are watching your body language. Not even just what you say. He's watching your body language, seeing what works, what, what, what lies work, what makes you ponder. He can't get in your mind. You don't know your heart and your mind. Only the Lord knows. But he can tell. Again, he has centuries. And you think you can outwit him? Especially since mankind is subjected to walking by sight until they have faith in Jesus Christ, where they can worship the Father in spirit and truth because they walk according to, they walk by faith and not by sight. Majority of people in the world don't even know the devil exists. A lot of them know he exists and they say, well, I just don't worship Satan. They have to, with the devil telling them that too. The word worship means obey. They've gotten in their mind. A lot of people think worship is not obedience. They're thinking, you know, bow down, candles, all this other kind of stuff. That's just an example of an outward appearance of, of obedience or of an outward appearance of admiration and exaltation and reverence. These are just outward appearances. They're not requirements. They're just different forms of love that a person wants to exhibit way to whomever they worship. It's no different than a relationship with a human being. If another person loves gift giving and another person loves spending time with you, that's their outward appearance of admiration, appreciation, gratitude, or just manipulation. It depends on where the heart of the motive of the person is. But the point I'm making, he studies people and they and these same people think that just because they have the knowledge of God, just like how there are people that think they have the knowledge of God and their faith is in knowledge. So they think that having the knowledge of God saves and that's their salvation, just like the Pharisees saying there are, there are people out here that have knowledge and they think that just having knowledge means they can out with the devil. They can't be deceived because they know God is in truth, but that's just about as far as they go. They don't want to study him in the sense they want to be holy as he is holy. They just like to use him and take what he has for their own benefiting gain, which is lust. That's of the flesh. And just like how people use the word of God to receive praise of man or to receive money. Another form that people receive praise of man or attempt to anyway is they'll go and study a lot and then they will go and try to feel like they overcome another person. But people that do that are cowards. Again, that's of the flesh. You don't have no firm foundation. You're intimidated by man. You got to go use God so that you can feel better about yourself instead of getting your identity from Christ by having faith in him alone and him being your strength. You want your strength to be in yourself and your abilities and your skills. And that's where you fail. You see that when the atheist goes to the scriptures and they come out with some some hogwash stuff. And I'm just like, how did you even, well, you were raised in the church. You will believe this. And I'm like, oh, so you can tell me how I think too now, huh? Pride. So what's the point of even talking to you? You already know everything, huh? You're not trying to come to me to tell me the truth. You're just trying to come to me to feel better about yourself. Your esteem is low. So you go to the most high to try to boost yourself up. Knowledge puffs up. Most atheists and agnostics run around with the same stuff that they just heard. 
didn't even go study themselves. Someone that loves lies, they're not going to practice discernment. You feed someone who loves lies, lies, they're not going to go back and study a thing. They're not going to go back and see if it, what they're getting is wrong. Because they just want to feed. That's it. They need to feed on lies and feast on lies in order to exist. So they're not going to cut off the food supply. They're not going to bite the hand that feeds them. Which is the devil. They're not going to bite at him. Mm -mm. They're going to bite at you. That's the only one they see anyway. The same thing happens when Christians are debating other Christian denominations. Same thing I see when a Muslim is debating debating a Christian or a Christian debating a Muslim. And they'll use the scriptures. You're using God. But where's your motive? Because if your motive and your intention is in the wrong place, God is not going to be with you. And that at that time, he's not going to be with you. He'll make use of you. Or people will be sitting here saying, see, the Christian's lost. They don't know they're mocking themselves. Because what God is really showing those who have eyes to see and ears to hear that man, reminding man, we already know this, but it's showcasing how man is faulty. You don't know everything. And when you think you know something, you make yourself out to be a fool. When you walk around and think you know things you don't know, you start to even act like a fool. But you don't really see that you did that. You see that you won. Look, I got people behind me. People praising me. Look at the Christians. Another win for the Christians. Come on, are you serious? Are you serious? What battle are you fighting? Because this ain't the same. This ain't even a battle in the spiritual warfare. You're in a whole nother war. The devil got you distracted. You're in a whole different war and it ain't spiritual warfare. Plus again, like I said earlier, the Bible is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. He already won. So what you talking about? We win. Christians won this. What? Won what? Won what? But the, the gospel wasn't preached. So someone who possibly could have been your brother or your sister is now walking away in deception, anger, pride, meditating more on the lies and the ways that you went about presenting the truth to them. But when you went about it a certain way, you actually taught them the way of the flesh. They're meditating on all that stuff, going deeper into deception. But you won, though. You lost a brother or a sister. Useless. But you won. And that, that doesn't matter to me if you claim to be Christian or not. I know I got a lot of brothers and sisters out there that are talking, they, they claim they're Muslim. I don't care what you say. I, I don't care about what my father says. He said his sheep are scattered abroad. Ain't no labels to it. That's the only thing I care about is his sheep, his harvest, period. I don't care what you call yourself. And if you get in the way, oh, there's going to be a problem. And I'm not the one that's going to try to solve it. I know, I know I need to sit down, but he'll be the one speaking. He will be the one to cause people. If I have to have a conversation to go in, they'll be into confusion. And I, I won't take any delight in that. Because again, just like how I'm talking and I'm learning at the same time, I'm going to be seeing all this. But my main focus is that they know the truth. Because at the end of the day, that's the danger of Christians, brothers and sisters. That is a very dangerous thing to do. And a lot of you do not see that. It is dangerous we don't even, that's a word of the flesh anyway to debate. It's different from reasoning with somebody. Debate, at least a strife. And it is a part of it at the same time. It sows discord. One of the things that God hates and detests, sowing discord among brethren, your neighbor. You don't see the division. You should see it right in the title of the videos. This person, this faction versus this faction. But there's a real danger. 
And I think I've even kind of tipped into tiptoed around it earlier. When I was watching these videos, and this did not come to me when I've seen countless videos before until just tonight. To even even those of us who are saved, you go ahead of God. It's gonna be your understanding and what your knowledge is, and yeah, you don't know nothing. I don't know nothing. It's gonna be you up against the the wits of the devil. Because to anyone who is still lost in lies and the deception in the religions of this world, you do focus on trying to go studying. He already know his lies. He don't have to study a thing. He's the father of lies. He will be speaking through people and you will be up against him because you've ignored the spiritual warfare. You, you ignore the fact if you go off and study and you do not hold fast to the faith that's within you. Jesus Christ alone, don't trust that the Father will tell you when to speak when you need to speak. It's going to be you up against the wits of the devil, speaking through people who practice and meditate on his lies. You don't meditate on his lies. The devil meditates on his lies, and he has people meditating on his lies about what God says in his word and out of it. Well, I'm, I'm going to rephrase that. What God says in the scriptures Scriptures is not the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. But what God says in his scriptures that he's revealed and then what God has shown to us in the world so that we don't have no excuse about his eternal Godhead, about who he is, you're going to be up against him. And he is not going to leave because you're going to come in without having the word of God as your foundation. You're going to have your knowledge and your research as your foundation and your skills. And what is the only way that the devil will flee from you? And from that person who you claim to be trying to win over. Sticking to the word of God and what he says. Because he's the truth. The truth speaks for himself. If the devil don't flee from these people when they're talking, he's going to try to out-talk you. But you stand firm. You don't have to yell none of that mess. Because we have a gentle spirit. You don't have to do all that. It's not necessary. And even the father would tell you when it's time to go to. Just like when I was in Bible study, I was supposed to be in fellowship with somebody last year and I had mentioned this before but this person used God just to be close to me and spend time with me so he would use me to and this is what my father was showing me he was using him to be close to me and spend time with me and because I was not interested in him and I wasn't spending time with him because I was all about my father's harvest but there was times where you know I would just hang out but this time he could have just this he was very deceitful because I would hang out if he asked, but he didn't ask me to hang out. He just said I wanted to fellowship. And I come in with the intention and motive thinking that that's what he wanted. And I'm like, okay, all right. But then when we fellowship, what ended up happening? We talking about everything else but God. And my father, I had, it was like playing ping pong or wall ball rather, because it wasn't going nowhere. My father laid on my spirit after two times of me trying to tell him, interesting, two times. After two times of me trying to tell him, let's get back on Luke. We only got barely through a couple of verses in the first chapter. I want to get back to this. And there was a way that I kind of, you know, there's a way you kind of wing it. You can be playful. Certain people, you can't even do that. Some people don't take the hint or they don't want to take the hint. But after the second time, and I was being patient because I remember I was cooking dinner and they, we were talking. So I'm like, okay, I'm not sitting down. I'm in the kitchen up cooking dinner. So I'm going to wait till we, so it was a while. Then by the time we sit down and we're eating and we're about to read and just talk about the word, you know, let the father do what he does because he'll lead the Bible study. He'll lead the fellowship. It didn't go nowhere. 
but he, he told me he placed it on my spirit to stop. He doesn't want it. He doesn't want the truth. He don't want to hear about me. It was that simple. That was the feeling I got. And I already knew it from what I was seeing, but it was a very strong nudge to just zip, zip it up. And then after that, I didn't say anything. I obeyed. And then I just watched him and we kept talking. Mostly he was doing the talking, but we kept talking. You know, the next couple of hours we finished eating and watched YouTube or other stuff. He never went back because he didn't want to. He was he was constantly, his spirit was constantly fighting to go against hearing from God, even though he claimed to be Christian. Even though he claimed to want to have fellowship. Because he just wanted to spend time with me. The real him came out. And it came out in other areas too. But at the same time, I'm just like, I'm disgusted. I would never be with you. How dare you? Really? That's the same thing that a lot of people do. They'll go and read the scriptures. They use God. They use the knowledge that has been given. But they misuse it. They don't, they don't rightly divide the word of God at all. And here's the thing, because their foundation is built on knowledge and God will let them cower. He will let them cower just like he told Jeremiah, because I'll be seeing it too. You see it all the time. The atheists who, or anybody who does not believe in God, I don't care who you call yourself. When the devil is speaking through them, he's telling them, yeah, you won. And they already lost because they're lost. They ain't win nothing, but they're in deception thinking they won. But the reason why, because you already know, only through Christ, only through God, the Father, can you be successful in anything. And they think they beat God. But they don't realize God cannot be mocked. The same ones who built their foundational knowledge. It's a faulty foundation. The cornerstone was their, excuse me, their textbooks and their skills. How they interpreted this and that. And God made it clear that interpretation can't come from man of the Holy Scriptures. The scriptures cannot be interpreted by man. They cower and they fall. Any Christian, any theologian, it never fails because their foundation was faulty. When they there is something that they don't know, because we all don't know everything. There will be something they don't know, and the devil knows. Oh, he he's a father of lies. And again, there's apologetics where I hear teaching my father's sheep. You know, you gotta go study, you gotta go this and this. And then they, they trying to grab people as students, making apologetic empire and all that crap. They're ignoring the spiritual warfare, setting people up for failure. But they too puffed up to see it. They're all about winning. But they falter because, and this is, I'm so glad my father allows this to happen. Where the people that don't believe in him think that they're winning. God, they don't even see that God's using them to showcase to those who think they know everything, the ones who, the very ones who think they have the knowledge of God, who think other people are weak, God uses the weak to shame the, the foolish. Those who think they're wise in this world, God uses those who consider to be weak and foolish. And in that circumstance, in that situation, the ones, the theologians, the heads up here, and they're looking above everybody else. And God will use them circumstances. He'll even use the people. He'll allow the devil to outwit and outsmart those theologians or those apologetics or those street preachers who are only having their faith and knowledge so that they'll fall and realize, I don't know everything. 
there's something I was missing, and that something was Jesus. The word of God, not the word of man and the philosophies of man and the fancy speech of man. He helping you out and you don't even see it. You too focused on our lost. And it will always happen because when you place any foundation that's not in Jesus Christ, it's a faulty foundation. It is not going to stand. And that's what you end up seeing. When you go on YouTube, you will see all these videos where Christian lost against the Muslim. Dee -dee 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 -da, dee -dee -dee -da. You want to know why? Because that Christian, whether they were Christian or, as I say, an anti-Christian, they were operating in the flesh, trying to outwit the devil who was operating through someone who also was operating in the flesh. It's not going to work. And it shouldn't either. Because again, like I said earlier, all the glory will be going to man, not God. And that's what you even see in the comment section. You want to know who is the inspiration? The Father is going to show you, okay? Through the Holy Spirit, he'll show you what's going down. But who gets the glory? That's a simple question. <laughs> it ain't that hard. It's, that's an easy way where you can tell what the fruit is. Who's getting it? You know how people always say, you know, you can follow the money trail to see the deception of something. Where's the money trail? Okay, who's getting glorified? Start asking them questions. What is getting what is gl getting glorified and who is getting glorified when you're paying attention and discerning and testing fruits to see if they come from the tree of life or they come from the devil? If they're false brethren or if they're not, who's being glorified? Because our father does not glorify another. Christ is glorified because he is. He and the father are one. The word of God comes from the Father. He doesn't glorify another. Jesus Christ came here on earth and gave us that example. He only glorified the Father. That's what he meant when he said to that man, because he knew the heart of that man, when he was taught the, the natural way that man does is to glorify man. So when that man came to him and said that you are good, teacher, you are good. He said, why do you call me good? No one is good but the Father alone. That's why he said that reprogramming reversing don't call what don't call what you see don't call a man that you see because he didn't even know the way he was talking he said teacher so yeah he acknowledged this is a man this is a teacher but he was telling that man he was reminding that man that the father alone in heaven is good and not man on earth because that man was looking at jesus by his appearance he didn't say son of god he didn't say you are the son of god he said, teacher, just like how people today look at another man and they're looking at a man and calling a man teacher, not the father in heaven. Jesus was correcting that. So do the Pharisees, even the Jews today, they'll be like, yeah, he was a, some of them anyway. They'll say, yeah, he's prophet. But then that's it. Prophet of who? He's only going to be God or the devil. They'll acknowledge, yeah, he was a prophet. But will they acknowledge that he is the son of God? That, again, can only be revealed from the father in heaven. Jesus shows us that anyone that is of him that is in him will direct you back to the father anybody else is not of him to be of something means to be a part of it we're no longer to us who are saved in jesus christ we're no longer of the world that also means we're not a part of it at the same time we're in it but we're not of it two different things someone that is not of christ they're not of jesus christ they're not a part of him they don't know him he doesn't know them. And because of that, they will only produce 
iniquity. They will only be workers of sin. That's how it was with us before we knew him, before we were of him, before we were of his body, before we had the mind of Christ, before he came to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit, because there was no other way to be. We were just a product of our environment, which was the world that we were still of, but now we're not that anymore. So when you're looking at this stuff, especially these debates, all you got to do is just ask who's being glorified. Look at the comment section. Don't take long. Man, such and such, pastor, such and such. Look what this person did. Look at the attention. You'll, you'll see that with the so-called debates. You'll see that with so-called music. You'll see that with anything that claims the name of Christ, but it won't glorify him at all. Because the people, the audience, the people viewing those videos or reading articles or whatever, listening to podcasts, because the content was not tailored and focused to glorify the Father and wasn't inspired by the Holy Spirit, look at the audience. They will showcase to you who was being glorified in the content that you would have just watched or listened to. The Father's being glorified. People be praising God in the comment section. You'll see, and it's such a beautiful thing because it's like, oh. There's my brothers and sisters. I'm so happy. It makes me feel so good. Look at, look, look at, look at God. I know he's good. I know it, but it's just so good to just see other people praising him. Go to other comment sections, what they talking about. They over here having arguments. They having debates. Ain't nobody talking about God. Or if they do, there are people that will, you know, remind people about what's in the scriptures. And then there'll be people trying to argue about that. Because again, the devil using them. Even if they're a Christian, the devil can still use you through your emotions. He ain't gonna be in you no more. He can't, he can't, he can't touch you no more. But he can still talk to you. And he'll be, and you'll notice because it's like anytime he's like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Attention's going back to God, going back to the Father, going back to the truth. No, 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 no. But here's what I read in this translation. Here's what I read here. Da, 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 da. Going back to leaning on your own understanding. I don't care what translation you pick up. You ain't finna understand nothing that you read if you don't go to the Father first. That debate's done. That's something that he showed me early on when I asked him. And it wasn't so much which translation was right. Which one did he, I desired? I, I remember asking him, what translation was he going to teach me through for the most part? And it wasn't right after I prayed that. It was like a few months, a few weeks or a few months after I prayed that. And I remember him showing me in a dream opening up a book and it was the Christian Standard Bible. Ironically, also at the same time, I knew at the same time that this wasn't the only translation and version that was so-called correct. I just knew that he was going to use this and there was other things in the dream I want to keep to myself. Maybe I'll reveal later, but on how he was going to use me to teach others. And then I went out and got a Christian Standard Bible. But I will say that I prefer to read King James. And then there are times where I prefer to read the Christian Standard Bible. What's interesting also is this was not a version or translation that I was familiar with before I prayed this. It was just very clear and very vivid. And the book opened up and it showed what translation it was. And it says CSB and it was orange. And I was like, okay, what is that? And I remember going, looking it up online. And the, at least the CSB that I have, if you download the app, for example, is orange. <clears throat> it looks like a, a, what do you call, a compass around the, the acronym CSB. I don't know. But anyway, 
I was like, oh, this is it. <laughs> it looked just like how it is in my dream. And that's what I've been going with since then. And But that's not the only one. I'll just pull from whatever. If I got to look up a verse or something like that online, I'll be like, hmm. He'll lead me to where I need to go. Because there are certain verses where I actually will understand the context more of what he's teaching me. And then later on in life or later on in my walk, I noticed that when I was getting deeper and studying that, it, I actually would need to go to another translation. It didn't change the context. It just changed my understanding of that verse where I would read the verse. And because God meets you where you are and he's the teacher, he knows what you need and what you can understand and when he wants you to understand it, you'll read the verse and then based on how, for example, there are verses, especially King James, because I could not read that before I was saved at all. I was just like, I don't see the point of this. <laughs> I'm not saying anything's wrong. With it. How can I say anything's wrong when I don't really understand this? But again, it's been classified as a college level read. Does that mean other people who don't have it or can't understand it now they can't understand God? Really? You had Adam to Abraham and Noah and Moses, and all the people who called upon the name of the Lord before the written revelations of God was revealed to mankind was present. They still had a working relationship with the Heavenly Father by their faith, which is their obedience. There was no, well, I'm not going to say this. I was about to say there was no contention about what ver version or translation is, because I wasn't there, so I'm not going to make that statement. But they wouldn't need to. The father's the one that teaches you. You got the word of God's going to be in you. When you do meditate on his word, you be quicker to bring to remembrance because you're familiar with it. But he's in you. He'll be teaching you these things. There's a lot of times where he would teach me something. And then later on, I realized, wow, that was in scripture. I didn't know that. Nobody else told me. Then there, again, there are other times where people would tell me and be like, oh, that was in scripture later. But there are times where I would, just be writing or just be out walking, just doing random stuff and something comes to mind. And then later on, and it's not usually around the time I, I would get that thought. It would be long after, like months, years later. I'm like, oh, wait, I remember having this, <laughs> this thought. I remember, I remember that. I remember that when I wasn't saved. I remember that. He's always talking to the humble at heart. It's just not everybody's listening because they're too focused on listening to the serpent and what he's feeding them. And they're listening to themselves, which again, that's the serpent talking through and that's how they're getting fed. That's why they love to eat their speech. And they expect you to stand there and listen to you or listen to them while they're talking. Because they're like, they don't see nothing wrong with eating what they're saying. And they're like, something's wrong with you if you don't eat what I'm saying. And that's why they would try to bring you, try to, try to bring you back to the mud. They, they trying to get you to come back and wrestle with them and debate me. Well, all right. You think you're right? Well, then come up against me and let's see who's, come on, man. I ain't going to do all that crap. Well, you just a coward. You just afraid to bring it wrong. Oh, so you can read minds now? I don't think it's worth my time unless my father tells me to do so. It's not worth my time. And I'm really not about embarrassing people either. If it's meant for you to be embarrassed, let that be God be the one doing that because at least it'll be done the right way. And then even when it's done, I'm going to warn and remind people that you don't, you, you, don't, you don't get happy and joyful when your enemy is fallen. 
or the Lord would, he will, he will get off of him as you should, because he's not doing it for that reason for you to he, he and ha ha. Cause then that's when he'll be appealing to the front flesh. And he does not do that. My father doesn't do that. And again, that goes back to what people do when they're operating in the flesh. Oh, this person got owned. Savage. He's such a savage. Ooh, that man was savage. He's the goat. You're hearing all this fleshly stuff. None of this is godly speech at all. And they watching their downfall. And they may not even really know. No, they, they really didn't get on. You think that because you think that the lie is the truth. Not realizing the joke's on you. You're the one that got on, but you don't even see it. You're the one that still is owned by sin. Still a slave to sin. You're talking about, oh, that person got owned. But you don't see that. You don't see that. That's not what the devil will have you focused on. And it's so dangerous. Not only will you be trying to as a Christian or any, whatever you want to call yourself, because there's so many names now. But if you claim to be in the name of Jesus Christ and speaking on behalf of my heavenly father, the most high God, the only one who speaks, excuse me, you're out here trying to go about things the wrong way or the way you think it's right, but it's still the wrong way. Because if you think it's right, it's the wrong way. You'll know it's right. Okay. Again, when you operate in God's way, there's no thinking. There's just doing. It's really dangerous because you can know the truth. Here's how the devil works through people. You think you outwitting the devil. When you're engaged in debate and you're in disobedience to the Father, you're engaged in debate. There's so much going on, but at least I'll just talk about one thing that I'm seeing. I've already talked about a couple, but this one I, I don't I don't think I touched on. When you're debating, imagine person A and person B. Person A doesn't know the truth of Jesus. They're still in lies and deception. They don't see it. They don't know it because that's what deception is. Person B knows the truth. They are also unlearning the ways of the world as we all are. What happens when they get A and B get into debate and, and B doesn't see his way out? Well, the, the devil's operating through person A, okay? He's already got this person in deception. He wants to cause doubt in your walk of Christ. That's a huge problem because you're still unlearning a lot of the devil's lies. He knows what lies you know and familiar with. And there are a lot of his lies hold a lot of compound interest with a lot of other lies that he makes a lot of the time because it's like a breadcrumb of trails because you're never going to get to the bread. The bread comes from Jesus. He gave you breadcrumbs. So while he's using and speaking through person A and the, a, the that person doesn't even realize it, you may be telling the truth. You may be telling the truth about everything that you see in the world. You may be telling the truth about why the person A is wrong, but person A is still going to be talking to you. The devil's still going to be talking to you. What ends up happening is that because you don't, you and I do not know everything, you've now allowed, you've stepped into this serpent's domain and you're wrestling with the serpent. You're wrestling with the snake, thinking you can out with the snake. He already knows you can't. When he's feeding you his lies through the person, in the moment, you don't realize it, but he's planting seeds of doubt. Even if you so-called win or make the other person look bad amongst people or you seem smarter than that person, person B has now seeds of doubt. Why? Because he heard the serpent. When you're not going about it God's way, the serpent is not going to be going back and forth with you. Demons are not going to be going back and forth with you when the Holy Spirit is working in you. 
when the Holy Spirit is casting out demons and people, there is no demon be talking back to the, he's not going to be talking back to Jesus. Like, all right, I'm, I don't want to be here. Here's my name, blah, 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 blah. All that crap, that's just the evidence. The Father speaks, demons move. Again, there's no suggestions. That's a part of his sovereignty. Then the same thing applies when you're in conversation with somebody and you stick to the word of God. The devil, ain't, he ain't going to want to be around you, especially if there's a crowd and he sees the truth is being passed off and that person is not being moved. He knows other people are watching that. He Again, he's going to try to over-talk you or out-talk you. He ain't going to try to outwit you because he knows he can't outwit the father. He ain't outwitting you. It's the father going to be speaking through you when you go about it God's way. He's going to either try to out-talk you or cut you off and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, people have already seen it. They know when people get all high and emotional and stuff like that, that they about they lose in their ground. And that means that person does not have a firm foundation. That means he ain't speaking from the truth. He's speaking from the truth and not being moved. Now, a lot of times people would be so firm in their lives, they're not going to move. But still, the devil knows that. But if you're over here going about it your way, not only is it planting, not only are you getting seeds planted in you, it's getting planted in anybody else who's hearing the debate. Then whoever's recording it on that camera and then posting it on social media, a whole broader audience is getting them seeds of doubt planted into them. All for what? Because you wanted to showcase your talent and skills. But then what else ends up happening? Because it's not just a delivery. It's not just what's being said. You may be passing the truth off. Person B may be passing the truth. But now what ends up happening? The delivery. Because when you don't go about it God's way, you're not going about it your father's way. What's happening? You're going about it the flesh way. Which is going to be arrogance present. It's going to be pride present. And now you're, rep you're misrepresenting God. Because he don't operate that way. So now what you're also doing is not only are you teaching the person you so-called claim to be winning over, you're teaching everybody else who's also listening, who haven't seized it out, planted into them, that this is how God operates. See how dangerous that is? So now you're furthering the devil's agenda. Not just causing seeds of doubt, but reinforcing that their way is the right way. And even if they're speaking the truth, they're not. Then you leave that conversation or debate, whether you want or not. Now what happened? Because those seeds of doubt are present. You have a conversation with somebody. What, what ends up happening later on? Well, you know the truth. You're not going to meditate on the lies. But if your faith is not in the foundation of Jesus Christ, is not in the truth, but your faith was in knowledge, oh, them seeds of doubt, he got you. You thought you beat that other person. Devil got you. He outwitted you. He got the seeds of doubt in you. And now you've been meditating on what he said, doubting yourself. Am I a Christian? Is Jesus God? Did Jesus say that? Because you didn't stand on the word of God from the get-go. And that's what, is, that's what you see when it ends up happening when a lot of people end up saying, I converted from Christianity or whatever. But what does it say in the scriptures? They came out from among us, but they did not belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would not have left. You can't leave from God. That's pride to think you did. You left a world man-made system that imitated him, but wasn't him. Because you weren't, you didn't save yourself. You didn't call yourself into the sheepfold. The father calls you. He has the keys of salvation. He has the keys of hell and heaven. You don't. 
So how do you think you can walk out a door that's locked before you can even get in it? And when you get in it, you ain't going to want to leave to begin with. <laughs> that's, why, that's why it says you didn't belong to begin with. Praise God you left Christianity of the world. Hopefully that means he's calling you. And hopefully you're not lukewarm. Hopefully that means he's calling you. Because he even warns for his children to get out of her, get out of the harlot, the church of the world. Before you suffer the consequences and the wrath of the judgment that's going to be upon the church, that false church of the world. Because the devil got a church just like he, he tried to be like God. Judgment starts at the house of the Lord first. He's saving you and you over here talking about, I love God. But again, you don't know no better. And he knows that. But that's why you see that end up happening. And that's why it happens. Muslim left to Christianity, but then they, they don't know who Jesus is because now you quote unquote converted them to another religion of the devil. I'm not saying Christianity is a religion of the devil at all. I am saying there are many, many doctrines and denominations that are of the devil that claim to be Christian, but they're not of Jesus Christ because you can look at their fruits and you're like, no, you got a different Jesus and it ain't just the Mormons. It's a lot of denominations, a lot, that want to say, oh, we just, we don't, as long as our initial, our first, we don't have any issues with our first, oh, I can't, if we don't have second, secondary issues should not separate us and all this other kind of stuff. But then they'll say things like, if you don't believe in the Trinity doctrine, then you're not saved and all this other kind of stuff. I'm like, what, what does that say in scripture? That this is a fruit to show that a person has been saved by the Holy Spirit. Did Peter believe in the Trinity? It didn't have to be there. It's just explained there. No, it does. Because <laughs> now you're adding. In the scriptures, my father has the Godhead, not Trinity. God is not separate. He's one. My father is one. He doesn't morph into anything else either. He doesn't change states either because he doesn't change. He's one. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He has roles. But again, they don't change. It's just his state of being. These are the areas where he most wants us to focus on to classify him as God the Father is what? Spirit. He desires for us to worship him in spirit and truth. He is the only one that is the Holy Spirit. He is a Holy Spirit that speaks. The only spirit that speaks that causes others to speak. Any other God can't speak. So what does that mean? He has a word. And the word of God is Jesus. And the Father, which is the head, is the mind. Same spirit. But, you know, if you speak, you got to have a mind. He's highly intelligent. Just like I, and I, I think I'm going to talk about this even more. Just like I am a mother. And because this is how he related to me when I was first saved. I Well, right now, anyway, I wasn't a mother before when I was saved. But I'm a mother. At the same time, I'm someone's daughter and someone's sister. I don't morph into these things. I don't change states. These are roles that I play, but at the same time, I'm the same one being, but the, the different specific classifications that I've given to you, because I have others, but the different classifications of the names that I've given to you are the ones that I'm mostly known by. I'm a mother. I'm a daughter. I'm a sister. I am these things at one time. I don't morph into a sister and then morph into a mother. I'm going to be a mother and a sister at the same time. But when I'm around my sister, I may be motherly, but at the same time, I'm not going to be a mother like I am to my son around my sister. And even then, that's, that's, 
that kind of explanation still doesn't really fully equate to the infinite mind of God because he is the Holy Spirit. He just is the Holy Spirit that speaks in his mind. So it's not necessarily that he has to change roles because that's where you get into the other false doctrine where he's shape-shifting and stuff like that. We know the devil does that. We know that ain't my father, but I'm just saying. What do they call it? Modalism or something like that? No. The Godhead is three in one. Three in one, not three separate persons. Three in one. And again, that's what happens when mankind try to lean on their own understanding and they're trying to define who God is based off of their own understanding. And it sounds smart, but it ain't right. It's not the truth. It's not the truth. Anything that's going to cause confusion ain't coming from the Father. Especially since we have the mind of Christ. If you're still confused about that and you know you saved and you got the mind of Christ, that ain't from God. Simple as that. Call the fruit as you see it. But yeah, it's just, it's just really dangerous. <clears throat> Excuse me. What ends up happening? And and then that, those seeds of doubt that are planted in a person, it's just further, it's just continued, especially if that person is someone who always is trying to debate to make themselves feel better about themselves and better about their so-called faith. And I'm like, that's not even what faith is. That's not even what faith is. If I were to sit here and tell you Let's say there's somebody that wanted to date me and they're like, don't, please don't believe what everybody's telling you. Just look at what I do, you know, take me for my word and let's go from there. Faith has to be at the foundation of any type of relationship. I will give that person the benefit and I have in relationships before because I've read all kinds of stuff. I did not completely ignore the things that I heard, but I still was like, it's not fair to not give this person proper judgment. I can't go off of what that person over there said. I need to see this for myself because at the end of the day, if you are what you say you are and you are operating in the truth and you love the truth, which means you'll have faults, but you'll have the effort to work. You're already working on yourself before you try to get with me. Then, and you're honest, I don't mind. I would love to be around that type of person. What other, everybody else is seeing, they're just looking at the faults. If, then, if that's the case, then I would have faith. And then you have people like, oh, there's blind faith. That's faith, period. I'm going off of what you said, and I'm going to see what you said matches your works. Because a faulty person, they don't last long. They, they, people that love lies and they wear masks, it takes too much energy for them to be fake around you. Besides the fact that you have Jesus Christ in you, who is the light. So while you just walking around in the room, every little thing that they think they hiding is being revealed. You'll find out. You ain't got to worry about it. You don't put your trust in man. You put your trust in the Lord. You'll find out sooner than later. I mean, I'm talking about, I don't want to put a timetable on God, but it ain't going to take long because <laughs> he protects us. So it ain't going to take long. He's going to show you. If it takes a few years, it may be because he wants you to experience certain things to 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 use that area and other areas of your life when you are drawing people to him. And it's still good because everything he does is good, but it ain't going to take long. And in that process, he's still going to be protecting you. So you got nothing to worry about. In that same instance, I'll be having faith in the individual and what they're saying, not what I would have gone off of what everybody else said, not what I would have researched about this person and went online and did all this stuff. Now it is safe nowadays in this world. Again, when you're going to, 
just like with apologetics and debating, when you're not going God's way and going to him about people, yeah, okay. The world way, especially for women, you gotta go research people. You know, see if that person is, you know, a serial, you know what. See if this person's crazy or all kinds of stuff like that. See if this person got a record. But here's a sad thing. A lot of people, especially males, will have a record and that's not who they were or they were not properly guided. Am I giving people the benefit of the doubt right now? <laughs> no, I used to, but I, I am able to see the way God sees things where people will just sit here and put a permanent stamp on them and say, this is who they always will be. Knowing full well, that's how people have done with me. And I'm like, no, because even in those moments, I was fighting not to do those things. But at the same time, I didn't know God. So I, and I hated it. So you're just putting me on the label of someone who loved and enjoyed what they were doing and they'll keep doing it. But you don't know my heart. Only God does. They're leaning on their own understanding and they miss out on a good man or a good woman. Not but what the world calls good. Because the world got this whole thing, this popular thing, talking about some high value man and woman. They don't know what they're talking about. Notice they just say high value man and high value woman. They ain't saying husband, wife. Only the Lord will make a husband and a wife. Man can't do that by himself. If you ain't a husband and wife and you're an adult, I don't see no value in you. I'm not saying if you're not married, you have no value in you. I'm just saying that being around you would add no value to my life. Not even in a marital way, but just in general. Because our father makes you into a wife or a husband long before you're at the altar of any church or courthouse. I'm just saying, because you can, you will, when you're in Jesus Christ, when he is forming and molding you into how he is. If you're a husband, guess what? He is the bridegroom. He's the groom. And guess what? He's going to end up making a man, a husband, whether he get married or not. That's God's decision. And guess what? Women, he'll make you a wife. That's what he did in the garden of Eden. He'll make you a wife. I mean, you're the bride of Christ first. Men are the bride of Christ too, but he'll make you a wife. Because you'll be considered high value according to my father's standard, our father's standard, not the world's. But you see what ends up happening when you lean on your own understanding, you try to do research, you try to get, come to conclusions and judgments, you're not going to have the full scope of anything. You can't. The devil doesn't know everything. He don't. Only the father knows everything. He tried to come off like he knew everything. He tried to come off like the Satan, I'm talking about the devil. He tried to come off like he knows what you're thinking. But again, he's very familiar with human behavior, which really hasn't changed that much. There's nothing new under the sun. In the book of Job, we see when, when God called the devil and he had asked him, where had he been? This is God just letting us know where the devil been. He ain't in hell. What did the devil say? I've been walking up and down to and fro across the earth. And that's what people do. Hmm. That's where he's been. And then he went back. So he walking up and down, speaking through people. I'm pretty certain he knows the tendencies of people a whole lot better than you do to be sitting here trying to debate or try to outwit him. Especially since without Jesus Christ, you don't even know yourself. The devil don't know your heart, but neither do you. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only God. He made it. He know your thoughts before you even come up with them. That's also how... He can help you say what you need to say and stop you from thinking a certain thing or a certain doubt and just speak like what he had done with me when I'm recording. <laughs> just speak, Quinella. <laughs> stop thinking. 
because I'll have a thought about to pass through my head and it, before I can even finish the thought, he's correcting me. Because that's also how he'll be like when he's convicting you too. Before you go and do something, you already know how to go do it. But you have to fight against the word of God to go do it. <laughs> when you're saved, and I'll give an example before I go. Oh, I guess I'll say when I used to have debates on the phone, I used to write long, long letters, long letters and emails when I didn't even know any better. Def definitely when I wasn't saved and definitely when I was very young, a baby Christian. Did I write long letters to a specific person when I was mad? Because, and it's no excuse, but this was why I did it. I was so upset, especially since in my life, I was so accustomed to not everybody, but a lot of people ignoring or not showing interest in what my concerns were, or what I cared about, which helped mold me into accepting that behavior from people. So I look back at my life, I'm seeing all that. When I would date someone, you know, all the men that I have dated, and this is this one in particular where I wrote the letters to, or two of them actually. And this was at the end of the relationship. I was trying to leave, but I was trying to explain why. So at the same time, when I was trying to say to this person that they were disrespecting me and I was letting them know I didn't like what they were doing and giving them full detail, I was trying to give them understanding because at the same time, I was more concerned about hurting them, even though they hurt me. And I wanted them to know I'm not leaving you for another man just to make you feel bad or hurt you. It was because you did this and this and that. Or I'm not talking to you because this, this, this and that. I'm trying to give them my thought process to a person that didn't care, who didn't respect me. Which is why typically ladies, when guys, when you do this to a specific guy, they don't even read it. A lot of times, oh, I'm not going to read all that. They didn't care to hear you when you were speaking and they kept pushing you away and they kept pushing you on what you were saying under the rug, hiding you. And because that's what cowards do for one, they run from the truth. They run from what they're really doing. So when you're trying to send these letters and email them and stuff like that, they're not going to read it. They ignored you. The, the reason why you even had all of that to begin with was because that was months or however long you were with them when you were trying to express yourself and share yourself with them. They kept cutting you off or cutting you out. And so they're getting all that at one time. Do you think they're going to get it? Or do you think they're going to listen? No. And again, you, you live, you live and you learn, you know better, you do better. But I remember around the time, the, the last person that I was dating, around the time I actually was saved in the middle of me dating him. Because I remember how there was a, such a great shift in my life and how my mind just was not on anything else anymore except preaching the gospel. <laughs> and that was also around the time he had asked me if there was somebody else because he felt there was a distance between us. And I knew. And when he was telling me that, what was placed in my spirit was, it's me. You know, he thought it was another man. And I'm like, yes, it's somebody else. What? <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to say that because he didn't. He didn't believe either. He wouldn't understand. And he didn't. When I tried to get him to understand, he couldn't. I think he wanted to. It was such a confusing relationship. That was a, a rocky roller coaster. I think that was a defense mechanism for him to just push out emotions. The typical guy that will, he was emotionally unavailable because he's still damaged and hurt. 
So I don't think he was intentionally doing that to me because that's not the whole relationship. <clears throat> I don't know why people even paint relationships like that being black and white. It wasn't intentionally doing that because there was other areas where, without getting too much into our business, there was other areas where it was not like so. But point I'm making is that there was one time, which was the last time I remember sending a long, long, angry text because I was so, for one, because he didn't know me. He still doesn't know me. He definitely don't know me now, but he didn't know me then. Because of that, he went off of who, I don't know. He made up some Quinella in his mind based off of his experience with other women. And that's what I kept getting. It gets to a point where I was fed up with that because I'm like, all that I'm doing and you're still choosing to believe something else. And then you get mad if I pull back. Again, roller coaster ride. You get mad that I pull back, but you're not sharing anything. We've been together for this long and you're not. And then at the same time, I was like, I'm living in sin. I'm trying to get out of this. <laughs> I don't know how. So at the time anyway. And uh, when I was trying to send that text, I don't even remember what it was about. <laughs> I remember sitting in my car in the steering wheel and that was it. I typed so much. Y'all see how many videos I make and we'll be saying how much articles I write. Because when I write, this has been a gift of mine from my father. It was used in the wrong way initially, but it was, it was a gift from my father. I just flow. I'd, I can write a book in probably under three hours. <laughs> if I don't stop, I can write a short story. I wrote this man so much. and. I'm getting ready to send it. And the thing with me is I, I still punctuate very well. I mean, these long texts, like they're essays when I used to do this. So I even went back and read it and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, that sounds good. All the other stuff. And I get ready to send it. Before I send it, I'm nudged with, oh, my spirit, don't send it. It wasn't audibly, don't send it. I was just like, I can't do it. I don't know why I can't do it. I want to do it. I ignored that feeling. I kept typing. And when I got ready to, cause I was like, okay, that was, there was some more stuff I wanted to add. I kept typing. And I remember, I never forgot. Cause there's only two times I felt this before, which was the first time when I just started writing a lot and I was writing articles and just writing and just writing and writing and writing. <laughs> As I was studying, when I was first saved, my hands would burn and tingle. And it only happened that time. It wasn't that long. Didn't last that long. But it was just, it was like on fire. They were tingling. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. But what's going on? <laughs> and this time when I was sitting in the car behind the steering wheel, the same thing happened when I ignored the nudge to not send it. And I just kept writing. And then my hands started to burn and they hurt really bad. And again, it was just for a few seconds. It wasn't that long. Like it was a tingling sensation. Like how when you, you know, how when you sit, you lose blood circulation in your foot or your hands or something like that, or when it's cold, but it wasn't numb. It was just fire, but it went hot, <laughs> but it was, I don't know how to describe it because there was a lot of emotions going on, but I do remember that that happened right when I was about to press in. And then while, and again, it was like a few seconds, it was like two or three seconds. It wasn't that long. I remember when, when I felt that 
the thought came across my mind that sending that would push him further away from me and not me as in sending, pushing him further away from Quinella, but push him further away from my father. It would make his heart more hardened because he would be, what I sent, calling him out and all the other kind of stuff because I was telling the truth. But I went about it the wrong way. And I stopped and I remember crying and I deleted all of that. And I did not send it because that's what mattered to me most. More than my anger, more than me going off. And that feeling of, no, he needs to hear this. That went away. That went away instantly. I don't care. I was in there typing for like over an hour because, you know, I was just venting in this text. And then that, that went away. I forgot why I was sharing this. It had some relevance to how the father will tell you and stop you. And he'll tell you when to speak. He'll tell you when not to. And to us who love him, <clears throat> to us who love him, you will obey him. You care more about what he wants than what you want. This person I wasn't with anymore, especially when I ended up coming up here to Portland. But that's all I cared about. I only cared about what he wanted, <clears throat> not to win a debate because we were going back and forth, <clears throat> not to feel superior, not to feel right, not because let's be honest, especially ladies, when you're going off in the text, you want him to feel bad because he made you feel bad. If he made you feel bad, I ain't talking about the women who are out here trying to look for excuses to cause drama and to argue. I'm not talking about them. I can't relate to that. <laughs> I never cared about that. I hated drama. I hate games. I'm very blunt and very little, and I've always been that way. So games, I just can never get because I'm just like, okay, I'm supposed to think two steps ahead of you because you just can't be up front. Okay. I'm just not going to deal with you. I'm not going to learn this gaming system or whatever people playing games and shooting and making their shots. I have no problem being single then because <laughs> I'm not going to be confused. I'm not. And if I have to be you, you I don't want to be with you anyway, because you're not honest. If you can't be honest about your approach, your approach coming to me, uh-uh, it ain't going to work. Because then I'm just going to think everything else is going to be dishonest. You got to play games. But yeah, ladies, be honest. How many times has he told you, stop, be still, be quiet? When you were hurt, hurt people hurt people. I didn't want to hurt anymore. I didn't want to hurt him either because I still loved him. But the way you can go about doing things, you can actually push someone away. People are right when they say, at least to an extent, when they say, when they see the bad fruit, Christian or not, I'm seeing it from every, everyone. We're like, this is why people leave the church. This is why they don't come to Jesus Christ. I say they're right to an extent because the Father's hand is still in everything and no man can take his sheep out of his hand. So when he has his sheep and he's calling them to him, I don't care how much disobedient person B is over here. They're not going to keep person A, which may be the father sheep away from his hand. Person A, you remember was the one that was, excuse me, still calling in lies and deception. And especially very selfish. If you already saved and you pushing someone away. That's what it makes me wonder, and it's scary too, but I had started to think 
this a while back. I'm just sitting here like the way that these apologetics and the way a lot of these people debating religions, we already know the ones who do not believe in Jesus Christ and whatever religionary, and we already know they're not saved because you can only be saved by the name of Jesus, believing in him. But it makes me wonder about those so-called people who claim to be Christian. Their faith is so heavy in their knowledge. I wonder if their seed is firmly, initially firmly planted first in Jesus Christ. And they just wandered off. And they're going to come back. Because you don't go on sinning. But they just wandered off. Or if they never knew him to begin with. They just know about him. And they go into the non-believer. While they're being a non-believer too. Just talking about him. But they don't know him. Because even with, there was one apologetic, he's very famous. I don't care to say his name either. I remember having a dream about him. I used to watch him a lot. Even a lot of atheists will sit here and say he's deceitful. And when I would really sit there, because I was like, no, when I was first saved, I was listening to what he was saying. I'm like, a lot of the stuff he's saying was true. But my faith was already firm in Jesus. I just was like, oh, this is so cool, all this stuff about God. But there was a period where I didn't watch these videos and stuff like that anymore, like a couple of years. And I remember having a dream about this specific person. And I, it was weird to me because I didn't watch this channel anymore, videos. I didn't care to watch that stuff because I did feel a lot of that pride. In the dream, when I had this dream about this man, his face, he was talking like he does with the debates when he's at these colleges and stuff like that, debating about Christ and the, God, the, the existence of God and all this other kind of stuff and that he'll debate about. But in the dream, his face crinkled up and it had lots and lots of wrinkles. He kind of looked like that. What's that movie? I hated that movie. I didn't barely watch it on BET with the leprechaun where he had all those wrinkles in his face or something like that. But anyway, he had like, if you could picture, I don't know, the cat in the hat or that, oh, that cat from Alice in Wonderland. The one that disappears, that purple cat, that had, when it smiled, its smile went up. Not like the Joker, but even farther up. But because it went so far and his face was stretched, there was wrinkles that went all the way up on the side of his face. And he looked demonic. But again, while people were listening and talking to him, he looked normal. But I saw him for who he really was. And it was very clear in that dream, don't listen to him anymore. Because even though I had stopped listening to, after I woke up, even though I was like, I stopped listening to these whole debate and stuff like that, because I didn't see the point of it. I was like, I love learning more from my father than from people. I don't need all little fancy knowledge about the boat and Noah's Ark and all this other stuff. For what? Does that save you? No. It's cool to know, but it's like, okay. I still think of that as milk, because I'm like, the real meat is the spiritual food right here. It's coming from the father. But I I wonder, I don't remember because it was so long ago, but I do wonder if I was, well, see, our father already knows what we're going to do before we do it. So I may have considered it before I actually done it to go back and watch some of those videos because they sometimes used to pop up on my YouTube feed just because. But after that dream, I did not want to anymore because I was like, he's deceiving a lot of people. And it was a demon I was seeing working through that person. And then after that, if I would catch him on other videos or something like, when I would hear him talk, I'm like, he talks as if he does not know Jesus at all. Because he was so focused on, and this is an apologetic, famous apologetic, especially on YouTube, calls himself a Christian. He, 
because he was, I think this is an opinion now, because I think that he was so focused on winning and being right more so than preaching the gospel. Because even in his dissertations, he, there is no gospel present. It's just answers to what people are asking at these college events. He, it's kind of like what I said earlier, when the devil approached Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, okay? So because he will be talking to a non-believer the same way, someone who doesn't know Jesus, who's not in him, they're going to come up to this specific person and say, if Jesus did this, or why does God do this? If he said this, and they don't know it, they don't realize that these are lies that have been meditated on and believed that the devil has told them. But this man in particular, again, the many videos I watched before I stopped watching him is like, he's just not aware of spiritual warfare. But what, what he would do is he will repeat that question in the same manner. He'll be like, well, if Jesus is God, then this, 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 and that. But I'm just sitting here like, no, no. I will repeat that question as Jesus is God because this, 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 and that. But at the same time, I would also know that I cannot reveal that knowledge to someone. I cannot give that understanding to someone unless the father above gives them this, reveals this to them. And if I were to tell somebody that Jesus is the son of God, it would not be me. It will be their appointed time and it will be my father speaking through me to them where they will get it. It won't be me sitting here trying to debate or trying to get them to get what I'm saying. Can't force feed food to somebody who doesn't want it or doesn't even know they need it. But that's what I noticed. After I had that dream, I was like, yeah. And it's not just him, it's other people. They'll repeat what the devil said to that person. Well, if Jesus is God, then blah, 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 blah. Well, if God said this, then this and this and that. So they're trying to, they don't, they don't realize before they even begin, they're showcasing that their faith's not in Jesus. If they're sitting here saying, if, 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 if. I'm like, even when I have to sit here, and I've recorded myself saying this sometimes where I was like, if I'm talking to someone that doesn't know him, that doesn't know Jesus, I would not say if, or I wouldn't say, because what you're doing, you don't realize it. You may not be intentionally doing, but you're making declarative statements that are not true. When you say things like, well, God doesn't exist. And now you're talking about, what do you call it? Hypothetical speaking, right? Thinking. You're typing, <laughs> typing. You're talking hypothetically. But even in hypothetically, God is and still exists and is the truth. So hypothetically, when I would talk to people and I would say, okay, I'm going to be in your mindset or perspective based off what you showed me, I'm going to say for pretty much for instructional purposes only, I'm going to give like some kind of disclaimer. I'm not going to be just like, yeah, okay, so God doesn't exist. So therefore, da, 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 da. I'm going to be like, since you believe that God doesn't exist, then explain this. Not, okay, God doesn't exist. Then... Why do you think this happened? Because I've started the statement with an absolute that's not true. And a lot of debaters do that. They claim to be Christ. And I'm just sitting here thinking, out of the mouth, the heart speaks. It's like if somebody claimed to be Christian and they turn around and say, if Jesus died on the cross, wait, what? <laughs> Ain't no if, he did. 
If you don't believe that, you don't believe in the gospel, you're not saved. You're not a Christian. There's doubt at the very thing that causes you to be called a Christian. There is no in-between. Either you believe or you don't. You see what I'm saying? These are things that you can look out for. Now, a lot of people can have Feridian slips. You can have a slip of the tongue. I don't personally think that <laughs> our father would allow that to happen when someone is representing him because he's the one, again, going to be speaking through them. But we do make mistakes. But you will not. And this is something I know for a fact. Just studying his word. He, you will not, when you're discerning fruit, to see if this person is presenting good fruit. And if they are, then that's, then you know that Jesus Christ uses and is in them and they belong to him. There will never be a time where there is any preacher or teacher, man or woman of God, preaching on behalf of the Father in heaven and giving you everything in opposition to the Father in heaven and glorifying the flesh. That I know for a fact. Consistently. Because again, if you're seeing that consistently happen with bad fruit, the father's not there. That's because remember, while we're on our walk with him daily, that means we're dying to ourselves daily. We're in obedience to him daily. Is his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? God doesn't make bad fruit. He don't produce bad fruit. That's something I know for a fact. So when someone's out there, yeah, we'll make mistakes and stuff like that. But here's the thing: when you're not getting ahead of God, there is no mistakes. When you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be at the time the father has you to be there and where he will be speaking through you will not be any mistakes. Like if Jesus died on the cross. Yeah, right. That's the devil speaking through somebody. That's doubt. That ain't God. That ain't good fruit. But yeah, I just, I wanted to warn my brothers and sisters about this because this is, it ain't even worth it. <laughs> it's really not. You already have the gift of salvation that you didn't work for. It was a free gift from my father. What else do you trying to get from this world when you think you need to beat or overcome the flesh through knowledge, through debating, through skillful tactics of speech? The devil not only just lies through people, he teaches them the best ways to lie to and tactics. Why? He hates everybody. And he'll just use people just to get what he wants and then, and then toss you off to the wayside. Why? Why go about things his way and not the Father's way? Which is the better way, the best, the only way, <laughs> the supreme way. Why? Because, and again, I go back to what I was saying earlier. A lot of people, and they may not even call themselves apologetics. And I'm not saying every apologetics is like this. I'm just saying there are a lot that are doing this in ignorance where they have, be before somebody of the faith has even been approached, or before they have been presented with certain seeds of doubt, they already have been placed seeds of doubt by these so-called apologetics or so-called the religious debaters that your faith alone is not enough. You need something. They're adding to the gospel. You need to go study. You need to tell your children when they go to college, when they go to grade school, these things are going to happen. These questions are going to come up. Yes, they are. But guess what? When you're the parent, what's going to happen? If you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're in obedience to Christ, you don't have to know as much as I do, but you will know what you need to know. 
The Father is going to be using you, speaking through you, and in obedience, because you love him and you focus on his desires, guess what? He loves and will protect your children while they're with you at home, if they're with you more than they're in the world and, and TV and not being babysat by the world in school, there are going to be more seeds of the truth of Jesus planted in them than seeds of doubt and all this other stuff. You'll be leading them the right way that they need to go. So when it's their time for the father to call them, they'll be ready. And the father will use them. But you got a lot of parents that are not studying their scriptures. They are not meditating on the word of God. They're not dying to self daily. So what do you think that's going to end up happening? Your children are watching this. That's another way that you're teaching your children how to be. They're too tired because when you're now, you're not focused on the father's concerns. You're focused on the worries and distractions and cares of this world. You're focused on man's concerns. You ain't got time. You're not prioritizing the father. Not going. It's not about just going to church. No. Get out of rituals. You're not prioritizing the father. You're not prioritizing your world with Christ if you are saved. So what's going to end up happening? Not only is your child going to see that, they're going to replicate that. And that's why they end up going into the world not knowing these things. And they, they have these other people who are approaching them when they get to college and the devil talking to them. And well, yeah, they're talking. He's talking to them through people and they don't know what to say. You ain't teaching them. You're not feeding your children. Then what do you think going to end up happening? You don't have to sit here and go study up. Oh, this, this, the answer you need to give when people are they, they're in opposition to what uh, the Noah's Ark and all this other kind of stuff. I'm just sitting here like, why does that even matter for right now? Because see, that's what the devil will do. I'm not saying the Old Testament is irrelevant. It is very relevant. But knowledge doesn't save you. Being right doesn't save you. Why you over here got your attention on all this other kind of stuff is just like how the devil keep people's attention off of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ during Christmas. You focus on his birth. You can't focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. You can't. You can only focus on one thing at a time. And it's ingrained in your memory to just focus on nativity instead of redemption. And he does the same thing. Start picking apart all this other kind of stuff. Because he knows the word of God. He's a father of lies. He going he gonna to just be coming at you. But then what does Jesus say? What does he show us? Stand firm in the word of the Lord and the devil will flee. But if you have faith to those who are wary, if when you have faith in the word of our father, that the devil will flee and you teach your children this and you don't just say it, you demonstrate it by your actions of obedience. And then you're teaching your children this. You don't have to worry. Why? Because you know, God's hands on them. You can't be everywhere, but he is. You don't worry about what the devil did because you've already trained up the child in the way that they should go and they will not depart from it. You won't have to go in here and sit here and study in apologetics because then you're going you gonna to go about the world's way and then boost your child up in head knowledge and there is no love present. So then again, they'll become another student that will just be debating people and all this other kind of stuff, but not showcasing that they hate their neighbor. They're not... They're more focused on, because you know, while a child's growing up, their esteem is, is well. If you've neglected the child, well, their esteem is not, their esteem is not high. So now you're going to just give them knowledge to puff them up. 
Really? No, not a good idea. Not a good idea. The people that, the children especially, that were used by God in the scriptures from Jeremiah to the disciples, the youth, as you can tell, they already were familiar with the Messiah, not knowledge. They weren't even, even in the scriptures, it shows how the Pharisees acknowledged that they, and later on when they became apostles, that they were not well taught. They were not well educated. And so how do they know? How did they come across all this information that they knew? And they're so confident in their speech. They speak with authority. That's the stuff they said about Jesus. He speaks with authority. Because when you know the truth, <laughs> you don't need to add any extra yak yak. But notice when they were talking about the youth, they were already familiar with the Messiah and the characteristics to look out for. They knew. They knew when Jesus was walking the earth. They knew when God was walking the earth. The Pharisees who had what? All that head knowledge. They had the law of God. Didn't even see God standing in front of them. Do you want that to be the same for your child? I'm just saying. But anyway, my baby is knocked out. I need to get him in the bed. He's still in the stroller. So, I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. And God bless.